Podcast, your home for the horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. I'm your host, Brodinky. With me always is my good buddy, Schmidt. Schmitty, uh, it's been a little bit of a long week. We've uh, <laughs> had a little bit of a delay here. Yep. All is well, <laughs> but how is everything? Everything's good. I mean, I had a buddy reach out to me. He's like, hey, man, are you guys okay? Like, you, had a, you had a late delay on the episode this week. I'm like, yes, we're recording tonight. We'll drop it for tomorrow. He's like, okay. He's like, kind of screwed up my whole week. So I'm going to give you a shout out. You know who you are. But uh, yeah, nothing's wrong. It's just, you know, sometimes being two working full-time dads, both with two kids, uh, things get a little crazy with the holidays and planning stuff and trying to make the most of everything. So apologies for the uh, late Monday drop. Obviously, this is uh, recording on Wednesday, but we're here. Uh, and we're ready to to give you guys a great episode for your Thursday morning commute. Yeah, we actually had some stuff sort of drop in in the meantime, so we'll have a few extra things to talk about, which is nice. Um, yeah, things over here are pretty good on my end. Yeah, uh, just a little hectic work, kids, family, et cetera, et cetera. But aside from that, um, you know, all is well, pretty much. Uh, had, a, <laughs> had a fun little uh, celebration of San Gennaro the other day, so that was a lot of fun. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So all is well on that end. Um, also hit 35K in the follower department, which is pretty exciting. I saw that. I saw your little post. So again, I forgot to mention it to you, but congratulations. Thank That's you. A, thank a you. Big achievement. I, I do sometimes take a few days just to sort of decompress after after something like that. Because, you know, I, once you start to get in reach of that, you, you start putting in a little extra work. You start to try to get yourself over the hump. And then after that, you sort of just like, exhale yeah 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 you know so sometimes then just... give a couple of days and then on to the next milestone 40. yeah e- exactly <laughs> exactly and i had and I, I even had some people check in and they're like hey man are you all right you doing okay i know you didn't put, or like somebody was waiting to hear back for me and i'm like yeah no i'm good i'm all right just uh this is <laughs> not my full-time a... job believe it or <laughs> I just, not i just need a minute okay yeah i'm not like all these other paid uh watch influencers this is for not real. my full-time job for real <laughs> Um, aside from that, we are about 60-something percent sold out on the men wear pink straps, which is cool. I like it. That's a nice increase from last week. Somewhere around 14K in the bank, which is great. All right. Exciting, exciting. So, again, if you want one, grab one because we only have like 200-some-odd left. So, definitely hop on while you can because they're not coming back. Yep. This yep. is it. This, this is, is it. it. If you need to get anything for the holidays, you need to get anything before the uh, for October. You know, it's coming up quick. Uh, get it now. This will be your last opportunity yep. to get it. Yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, other than that, just kind of counting down to uh, wind up weekend. Eventually, it's it's coming. It's down the pipe, but it's coming fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you are attending, right? I'm gonna be there. Yeah, I will be there. Um, Fantastic. I will be able to hang out a little more than I did last year, which would be nice. Hobnob with the folks, rub some elbows. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, last year, um, you know, I was a little pressed for time. I, got, I was nice enough to, it was nice enough to be uh, hosted on the panel by Kathleen. But uh, yeah, I, I more or less like risked my job to do that. So that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> like I had planned to take that day off. And, yeah, I remember you and, were my, telling yeah, and my and my boss was like, but I took that day off. <laughs> he, well, he's like, hey, just a heads up next weekend or whatever. I'm going to be out. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm going to be out. 
I'm like, are you, are you sure? He's like, yeah, no. Uh, he was getting surgery or something. My wife, right? He's like, my wife's getting surgery. He's like, I got yeah, I got to yeah. tend to her. I'm like, crap. Okay. But I, I literally was like, I was like, all right. I looked at the schedule. I was like, all right, we're not that busy for most of the hours. I, was, I just told my guys, I was like, I'll be back later. Just hold the fort. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like That's nobody checked. Tip. Nobody checked up on me. They were just like, yeah, okay. He knows what he's doing. Whatever he, you know, he's got something going. It's okay. So I was like, and yeah, it's fine. It is goodness. what it is. I didn't, I didn't hit like a monsoon of traffic driving back to the city, but. <laughs> You know, oh, had man. I been put on the spot, I'd work, be like, work is man. work is temporary. Clout is forever. That's okay? what I was gonna say. I was gonna say I had to do it for the gram. <laughs> if, if I got busted, right, that would have been it. Work is well, temporary. Clout is forever. Not only that, I mean, they really couldn't afford to fire me. So it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> Wait, hey, I don't work here anymore. It doesn't matter. You're not I can there. Divulge you're that not shit there now. anymore. Exactly. No. Not there anymore. No. Onto bigger and better things, and uh, I'm we're we're here for it. Yeah. So, so that and and I was gonna say so this is coming up when again? Um, it's I think it's the weekend of the I think it's like twentieth to twenty second, twenty first to twenty third, something like that. It's like the third weekend in October. Okay, and then uh, okay, when is Zodiac and Warner Wild launching this thing here? Oh, there, yeah, there is something coming up that looks neat. I don't know what it is, but it's something they're teasing video games. I don't know if that means maybe they're launching at like Barcade or something because it's in Brooklyn. I don't know. I just I'm trying to figure it out without putting in a yeah. crazy amount of effort and giving it in. But um, you know, it, it, but it, it looks like something neon-y and cool, neon and, retro, maybe, maybe yeah. a little like a something further along the line of the thing they did last time that looked like the Trapper Keeper. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Like right, that the, '90s uh, Zach Morris. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm not gonna lie. That's still probably one of the best looking Zodiacs ever launched ever. It was great. I was here for it. Oh, somebody like in in the comment section on the actual post was like, "Please rip this," and I was like, "This is my childhood." In, in a while, it's <laughs> like I don't know if I can do that. And I was like, "This is yeah. like my upbringing." Yeah, I was like, "I'm sorry, bro. Uh, you're gonna have to take a backseat to this one." <laughs> it's like this reminds me of Laser Quest, Laser Tag with the homies. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're not uh, we're not tearing this one down. We're building this one up. Yeah, this reminds me of the gigantic binder that I had with. That was like well, a, you, well, you said trapper keeper, and like literally fifty percent of our audience has no idea what that. Yeah, was I was like. wondering if anybody knew what that was. The trapper keeper was like the old. It was the the binder that you got once you started to get into a grade that was high enough to have different subjects, and it yes. was just the black hole abyss of papers. I never knew where anything was. I lost my homework every day, but it was in one <laughs> spot. I just couldn't find it. And that was the brand, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, it was, it was called. It was, like, it was Trapper Keeper. It was like a padded. Usually, it was like padded on the outside and a funky design, like that bezel on that Warren Wound collab, <laughs> yeah. and it like velcroed shut. So you were like, "Oh man, yeah." Like there was a South Park episode on it, the Trapper Keeper, where it like ke- keeps expanding and it's like swallowing the town. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen. <laughs> you got to see it. It's a good one. I, I can't tell you what ep- what season, what episode. There's so many, but it was a good one. Okay. Yeah. Um, See. Okay. Okay. So this. So it was called the Trapper Keeper. But when I, well, I guess when I was going through, it was like uh, they didn't call it the Trapper Keeper, but I knew of the Trapper Keeper. But it was like we had the five star. The oh binders. yeah, yeah. That was the I, like the next evolution. Was I, I was gonna say it must have been like the next one after the 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 Trapper Keeper. Yeah, that was what you got after you graduated from the Marble Notebook. Got it. Got it. <laughs> And for all of our uh, for all of our ladies out there, you're 
Lisa Frank binders too. We can't forget. Oh those. my gosh. Dude, I remember those. I was like, what the hell is this monkey brand? Man? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bunch of like neon animals. And I'm like, all right, okay. Between I'm that and like and and all the kids who had um like uh Asian family members all had like the Karopi stuff and, and I was like, dude, I people are getting all this animal stuff. I don't know where they're getting it from. It's <laughs> like I don't have these options. What the hell is this? Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll be happy to know that you can still buy a trapper keeper today from Mead. So um wow. you can Google them. They still are in funky eighties designs. And they have stood one. the test of time. Apparently they've stood the test of time. So you can go get you a trapper keeper right now, baby. Yeah, so five star was our more conservative, boring black, you know, nylon y binder, which was not as not as cool. But it had five stars on it. So it meant it was quality. My favorite was when you used to like throw your backpack and it would like break the bind. It wouldn't break the rings, but like it would offset them and they never met properly again. And then your <laughs> papers would just get stuck. Yeah. And then you were just doomed. You eventually yeah, there was, there was no coming back from that. There was no coming back from that. Yeah. 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 And then uh then there was a, always a, of course the times where you would accidentally get your finger caught in the closure of the rings. Oh man, that was the worst. Did that ever happen to you? Um, I feel like we used to do that when you were bored. Like you would just like put your finger in and close it and you'd be like, ah. And then open it again, like like you see people in like. Well, you like some people would like do it slowly, like on their fingernail, like that's yeah, that's like, what I'm talking about. People no, but I'm like, if you were actually like, you know, you were not paying attention, you close the ring and like your pinky was in the way, or like your finger was stuck in the ring. No, that's like zipping my fly. I've never. I've oh never man, got I myself. had that happen to me on more than one occasion, and it was absolutely brutal, absolutely brutal. Definitely one time I drew blood for sure. Because <laughs> I mean, back then they didn't have the soft clothes. They didn't like. Uh, they there were no used- rubber tips. It was no jagged tips, metal, and you had to use tetanus. both. You had to use both of the of the 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 wings, if you will, to open and close it at the same time. Yeah. Now they have these little soft touch that you know it's only on one side opens up. Yeah, all the one I have at work is like I'm like this. I could have used this. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not as exciting or as dangerous, but you know what? We grew up in the era of danger. Yeah, and that was fun too. This is a definitely a safety upgrade. This is like the Volvo <laughs> of binders. <laughs> Anyway, enough fucking binders. Um, <laughs> you got to bleep that one out, dude. Um. Anyways, uh, I guess before we leave asking, can we just put a can we put a, a nail in the coffin on the what if swatch collabs? Because I, I don't think people understand that like they're only going to do collabs within their own branding. Yeah. Like, can we yes. stop with like the ALS? What if ALS and swatch do a collab? They're not going to do that. It is not mutually beneficial for Elong and Zona or for Swatch Group. It doesn't make any sense. Like, you, not gonna happen. Like, I keep seeing this like throwaway garbage content where it's like, yeah, okay, you mock something up, and really just change some color patterns and stuff. But like, it's not going to happen. Don't like, no. just stop. It's it's definitely not going to happen at all, at all, at all, ever. You know, if you yeah, if you want to say okay, what about Longi? Sure. What about um, Geo? Okay. But going outside, Rolex and Swatch are never going to collab. You know what I mean? It's not going to happen. Stop it. Rolex and Tudor would never collab. Okay? <laughs> yeah, unless they don't even go within their own brand. Forget about <laughs> yeah, anywhere else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, what What do you expect? You know, it was the same thing expect? they did with, um, they were like, well, I think it was when the original Moon Swatch came out. They were like, what about, what if what if Rolex and Timex? I'm like, I get it. They both end in X, but they're not, That there's nothing there. <laughs> it's like, there's absolutely no relation. So. Anyways, I just I, I felt like I just wanted to get that out there because it's been building you, up inside you, you of me know for what? over you, you, you do you boo a couple weeks, you know. I had to get you that boo. out. <laughs> oh 
<laughs> He's like, I'm over this crap. All right. Anyways, we have a ton of uh, new stuff here to get to because, yes, like do. I said, we we've do. been a little late. It's been a, a few extra days. And whenever that happens, people just love to throw things at the wall and see what sticks. Yep. So um, I guess, uh, you know, uh, we'll start with uh, Oris gave us a new Diver 65 Chrono, yeah. which is, I would say, definitely an upgrade from the old one because the old one was 43 millimeters big, which is okay. But it was it also was like thick boy. 18 it was a thick. thick boy. Yeah. Yeah. It was rather large. And, you know, there's some domage on the crystal and all that. I know it's a diver and a chronograph. So you, what do you expect? This one is much slimmer. This one's down, I believe, 15. Yeah. And it's yeah. 40 mils, which is really a nice size. Um, Has a, we're going to throw up the air quotes, Oris caliber. It's not a caliber movement or anything. It's sort of a, a modified Oris movement. We'll say it is. But it's not yeah. like uh, it's not right. It's not in line with their with their caliber four hundred or anything. It's sort of just a a modified generic movement they've thrown in, which is fine. But um, you know, I think people are looking for those now in every single Oris model that comes out. Now that they've been putting them in here and there, and they're mm-hmm, impressive, mm-hmm. and they're standing the test of time, and they're pretty positively received so far. So I think yeah. we're looking for those. And it, like I said, it's okay, it's fine. And this is sort of a you know they don't do a lot of chronographs or anything, so understandable i guess you'd say yeah yeah i mean i i think it's a solid pick yeah um i think it's an, a, a nice evolution i think a lot of people you know like the idea of the uh for the for the oris chrono but the original one was way too large for most people um comments on this are honestly mixed people are still concerned about the thickness even though they did shave about three millimeters i mean we're still talking about 14 15 millimeters thick for this chrono and people are like ah 40 millimeters at 50. and then that's the other thing i didn't understand why people started getting so crazy about thickness like it, this has been going on in the watch industry forever you can only there's always going to be a concession for something yeah and there's also more than one dimension that play there you have lug to lug you have you know how it, it's going to wear different depending on a few different factors not solely thickness yeah i mean the what you call it the the, the what was it the zin three five was it three five six anyway the they, they had like a 38 millimeter chronograph thick as hell but everybody loved the damn thing and nobody ever said anything bad about it because it wore great and it's just a matter of you know working out the proportions yeah yeah i can say the only hang up on this watch for me again people are gonna gonna roast it to pieces because of thickness of water resistancy of the movement time because it's not technically a an oris in-house caliber it's based on the salita 510 chrono all of that is irrelevant to me the only thing that i'm hung up on on this watch is i just think it's a very boring release in terms of colorway um black is obviously safe it's obviously conservative it looks great there's nothing like not good looking about this watch it's just for me knowing that this chrono has already kind of existed in a previous iteration if it was me and if i was oris i would have come out with something much more fancy or much more daring in colorway well you know like, what? give Sin- me give Sin- me a white dial red bezel like why not just just throwing out a, an idea you know since what I mean? you've already hitched your wagon to kermit why not just throw some like neon green on there somewhere neon green I mean, bezel neon green dial yeah. something <laughs> neon green just, hands i don't know just, just give me something funky like it's a diver 65 it's a chrono like okay i get it black is safe it's easy to do but why not do something electric blue or you know green like you mentioned or red and white I mean, whatever but 
that way it would distinguish this watch from the rest of the older versions and now showing everybody that this is a new design to me i think that that makes sense and that's really something that i would have loved to see with this watch but you know what at the end of the day if you like it go buy it if you don't you know what don't buy it it's a pretty novel idea yeah and they've done color pretty well in recent memory which makes me believe that maybe they will going forward maybe this is just sort of the introduction and they'll build on that you never know i mean again it, it's just it's a cool watch it looks nice you know it's four thousand dollars you know 4400 so you gotta swallow that price point um and i think that's also one of the big hang-ups too for other people me i could really give crap about this but when you start hitting those multiple thousand dollar price points people start getting persnickety when it's not an in-house movement I think at forty four hundred dollars, like you're kind of on that cusp, where a little bit more you should be looking at at something in house. But somebody yeah, put people there will clamor for Etta Black Bates. Yeah, can't please anybody. Make it make it make it make sense. Can't please make it, anybody. Make it make sense. <laughs> it was funny that the same guy that I was talking about earlier um, on the on missing the show on Monday, <laughs> we were doing a late night tech session. He just like did a random eBay purchase for an e for an ETA based uh Pelagos. He's like, I want to get the new one. I was like, don't get the new one. Don't do it. And he's like, why? He's like, I was like, don't. I was like, the original OG Pelagos will still forever reign supreme. If they could do that in a blue with two lines of text, it'd be it'd be over. I'd be signing up, calling my AD to get one. But he did a he did like a late night eBay purchase. He's like, Hilarious. "Oh, I may have bought this watch," and I'm like, "Oh shit, you were not uh, you were not joking." He just pulled the trigger. Wow, <laughs> full send. I was like, Impressive. "Good, good for you, buddy. You're gonna get a great watch." Very cool. Uh, I know I sent these to you. I, maybe a few people have seen these. Orient put out four new colors on the Bambino in 38. They were supposed to be available through their online store on, I think it was like September 19th. Anyway, a few days ago, I reloaded the page like every five minutes to see if they came up. They never did. It just kept saying out of stock. So either they sold out in three seconds or they were never available. I don't really know. But but the colors are really, really cool. They're all like super muted pastel. You have like a, a very soft robin's egg blue. There's like a very light maize color a copper and like a plum but they're super subdued yeah yeah, and they look really good and i really want one but apparently they're only like 300 each on allocation and they're saving 30 of them for japanese domestic only so again i don't um, know if they just ran right out of them or if they never did i have no clue but i i wanted one very badly (laughs) gotcha yeah i don't know man i mean they look sweet though I saw the photos. They look sweet. And th- these are Bambinos, yeah? Yeah, Bambinos. Bambino yeah. 38. Yeah. Great looking watch. Um, I mean, again, and it's a classic for one of the most inexpensive watches you can possibly get. And actually, we, we haven't really talked about the Bambino a lot on this podcast. I feel like that's kind of like every podcast is like first foray. is like Bambino, Bambino, Bambino. <laughs> but uh, you know what? Great watch anyway. And if you can get one of these cool watches, uh, do so because they look sick. Yeah, and now I know they also made some newer ones in the, I think, that bigger, I think it's 41 size. Yeah. 
and they look nice, but th- I want this. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. The, no, the other ones no are when question. we have this at home. <laughs> there's, there's definitely no, no question at all. There's definitely so no I, I don't know. I don't know if they never went on sale or if they did and they're gone already. But I wanted one to say the least. Well, if anybody's got one out there, hit up, bro. Yeah, except Christmas gifts. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> slide into bros DMs. <laughs> uh, we got. Uh, I don't know how where I fall on this one. Sega put out a, a Bruce Lee watch. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, it's you know they have ties to Bruce Lee because they have a watch that's you know sort of informally named after him, and he wore a Seiko, which is also cool. And this watch is sort of uh, representative of him in the way that it has uh, a dragon on the dial. You know, his, his movie was titled "Enter the Dragon." Yeah, um, yeah. it has a, a quote around the bezel. Um, it says something like. Uh, you know, like no limit is your limit. Uh, I forget what the second part is, but it, you know, it's some very intellectual quote, sort of saying yeah. that don't put limits on yourself, and you know, your way is no way. I think is the other part or something like that. Sort of just be your own person. Um, yeah, it's like it's like uh, was it Adidas? Like impossible is nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, that's um, there. You know, it's it's sort of based on their five sports models, which. Or they're they're not bad. I mean, like everybody kind of accepts that they're not the SKX, but they're they're decent for what they are. Yeah, yeah. And uh, black gold accents, um, black leather strap. NATO strap. Oh yeah, I've I've seen on the black leather, or you can get. I think I've seen on a yellow NATO. It's yellow NATO with a with a white piping, right? With a black piping, yeah. So, again, kind of neat, cool affiliation. It's okay. I think you're right about that. I mean, look, this is this is a this is a you're gonna love it or you're not gonna love it. You're gonna appreciate the collaboration or you're not gonna appreciate the collaboration. I think you know if you were gonna do a Bruce Lee watch, I would have done you know something in the in the speed timer variety and just done it kind of more retro inspired to look like the watch he actually wore. I think that would have been a cool way to do the collaboration. Very cool, especially because they just put out some sort of retro. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So that would have been, in my book, a, a more sensible way to do it. Um, but I understand this one because, you know, when you think about Bruce Lee, you think about his yellow and black like suit, you know, like his. Yeah, suit. that's a that's a classic. Under the dragon. I mean, like I, I I totally get it. I totally respect it. You know, giving you Killville Kill Bill vibes because that was inspired from his his wardrobe. So. I totally understand it. It's not something that I'm like, oh yeah, this is it. You know what I mean? But it's not a it's not a poor looking watch in any way. Like it doesn't look bad. I think it actually looks kind of cool. I'm just not somebody that's gonna run out to buy this watch. Yeah, I guess it sort of matters how strong the tribute resonates with you. Exactly. Sort of. Exactly. But it looks cool. It's got a cool dragon on it. And apparently he designed that dragon, which is that's nice. Oh, really? That's even so more it says, cool. It says the dial has a dragon image that was designed by Bruce before his death. Okay, that's actually pretty cool. So, I get it. I get it. Pretty neat. All right. We also have we have we actually have some interesting Boulevard news. So, <laughs> yeah. a watch that I've always liked. I've never owned, but I've always liked the Oceanographer. It's a diver. Uh, a lot of people know it as the Devil Diver. Yep, it has a little upgrade. It does. So there's now a GMT version, which is pretty cool, and it comes in a few different flavors. Now you can get a Pepsi with mm-hmm. a blue bezel. That's cool. They also decided to go gold tone, 
I think it's gold. It might be rose gold, but it looks like gold tone with a root beer layout. Yeah, yeah, definitely rose gold colored, but sick. It really looks good. really good. Like I, I was telling you before, I think this looks like a, this looks like a better version of the Black Bay GMT. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with this. It's because it, because it, it's it just looks more cohesive it, to me. The, it, it's more cohesive, but it's more cohesive because they went full rose gold. Yeah. They didn't do it two tone. They went full rose gold, leaned into it hard and heavy, which I respect. I understand. It makes sense. It's something cool, you know. And and this is the second of three colorways. And then the third one is sort of off the reservation. You're getting full loom. Yes. And what what would you call this 24 hour scale pattern? Because it almost looks like a roulette wheel, but it's certainly not roulette. But it looks like the alternate numbers on a roulette wheel. Either yeah, way. I mean, I mean, you, I mean, we could call it a roulette chapter ring or a roulette, you know, roulette GMT or something like that, because it's it doesn't alternate red and black, but it looks like the alternating. Oh, dude, spaces. and you know what? I didn't even notice it until right now. It's the only one that has a twenty-four hour scale on the dial. Yes, the other ones are around the bezel. This one's on got the it because this one has. See, this is I, I love it. Yeah, even this more one has now. a this one has a, a true diver a true diver bezel. Oh, man, I love it even more now. Okay, that's cool. That's sick. I didn't even notice it. I already love that watch, but now I love it even more. This is my pick. That one is really, really, really cool. So basically, you have a Devil Diver, Night Diver GMT with a roulette GMT 24-hour scale on the dial. It's sick. And, and I'll be honest with you, man. The original oceanographers are cool. I have, I have the Devil Diver like when it first came out. I still have it. Um, it's a funky little watch. It's cool, and I've I've had friends borrow it. They're like, "Man, this is so weird and and cool." And you know, the the size proportions back then they were forty five millimeters. Right, it's like a barrel shaped case, you know. But uh, it's you know these are forty one, so they're smaller in diameter. Um, you're getting what looks like a nicer treatment of superluminova because that was my only complaint with the other ones. The lum is just not great, but uh, what I love about them is the 3D effect of the actual hour indices because they're basically like little tiny um, like, they're like clear, cylinders. They're cylinders, yeah. So it It's almost, almost like when you're looking at a coin and it has three-dimensionality sort of coming up yes, at you. Yeah. Yes, it is so cool when you see it in person because when you look at the dial, it looks relatively flat, but then as you start tilting it on angles, it's like this is somebody, some, like somebody applied this onto the dial. It's like a three-dimensional cylinder of of superluminova, and it's like in housing like a capsule almost, yeah, which is cool. it's so cool. It's a detail that you really can't appreciate until you see it in person. But uh, this is a very cool launch. I love each colorway for a different reason. Obviously, you can't go wrong with the Pepsi. The root beer is really sick, but you guys know where my where my sensibilities lie. That uh, GMT. <laughs> Typher bezel version with a full night dial configuration uh, is definitely where it's at. Yeah, now these are priced a little heavier than the original night dial. Uh, the original yeah, they are. oceanographer at twelve ninety five. However, I'm sure if if you just wait till they come on Joma Shop, they'll be seven hundred. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. no. But I, I I definitely think these are cool. It's very novel and. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. If those prices come down far enough, I think I'm gonna jump in on a root beer because I think that's fun. I mean, why not? Right now they're, they're like twelve hundred bucks, you know, twelve, fourteen hundred dollars, depending on which one you get. But 
Um, I think that they're cool. It was completely an unexpected launch. Yeah, out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it's just completely out of nowhere, which okay, I'm I'm here for it. Um, I have the other one. Maybe I'll move that one on to to allocate some funds for this one. This would be pretty sweet. Yeah, bracelets bracelets look pretty good too, I gotta say. I mean, in this one, I'm just I will say the hardest thing for me in the in the first generation is it's really hard to put that watch on other watches mm. uh or other straps, other straps. I should say, just because the Lug to lug is twenty millimeters, but this where the pins and the holes in the case are located, it's so close to the internal part of the case that it makes it almost impossible to even put it on something like a NATO, which is uh which is pretty pretty difficult. So hopefully they corrected that. They moved the the bracelet pin holes a little further down on the case so you could actually make this more of a strap monster. Because I would love to rock this on a on a tropic or something like that. That would have been yes. more period correct, you know. Yes. All right. Um, Timex put out a Marlin chronograph. <laughs> now, I do believe this is a quartz chronograph, um, but they give you a Jubilee bracelet and they've got sort of a silver panda look to it. And there are a few different ones. There's a blue, there's a green. Um, there is, yeah, blue, green, the, the silver panda. And you can also get the silver panda on strap. The other two, I think, I can't tell if they only come on strap or not, but. Um, Overall, not bad. It just feels like they tried to go two different ways at once with this. Yeah, with dial. the dial, like because you have sort of the funky Art Deco numerals on them, but also stick into season. I know you can get away with that, but just with the three sub registers and the four thirty date window, there's just a lot going on there. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I like it. It just, yeah. I mean, one ninety nine on bracelet, one seventy nine on strap. Really, not horrible. Even if you have a couple qualms about the watch, but I think it looks oh. good. I think I think they're primed for maybe doing what they do and maybe coming into an automatic eventually or a hand wind that would or something. Be, that would be really cool. Like do a seagull movement eventually, do a hand wind. Yeah, but I mean, as as we've seen, I mean, they're they're pivoting even more to to uh, uh, mechanicals and and even you know like. American-made mechanicals, right? Yep. Or Swiss-made mechanicals, I should say. Mm. Uh, so that's going to be very cool. Yep, yep. So these are pretty neat. And then also, while I was skimming through these, I also stumbled upon a, a and I'll air quote diver, because it only has 100 meters. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a really neat-looking harbor side, which is sort of like their diver-ish looking watches. And it, it looks kind of like a regular old sub homage it's got a cyclops it's got your pretty standard dial layout mercedes hands but it's got this insane color i guess it's teal but it's more of like a green than a blue it's it's almost like a seafoam yeah it's sunburst and the color combination with the black on black tropic looks really 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 good and i'm just telling and these are 43 millimeters and i'm just telling you timex shave this thing down to 3940 Drop an automatic movement in it and just enjoy your money. Like people will buy the hell out of this thing. Just yeah, just that would be that would just be sick. It. That would be sick. Because like th- this is one of those rare occasions where the color is so good looking that I think it would just sell the watches on its own. <laughs> yeah, and, and and if you make this an affordable price point, let's say it's you know one hundred fifty bucks, two hundred bucks with auto. Even if you keep the water resistance at one hundred meters, yep. Who cares? I just think it's a good looking watch. Sure is sure it is so something neat check it out 
Yeah. All right. Plowing along here. Um, so tag dropped a pretty novel thing, right? You heard of the night diver. Now we have a night driver, which I like. I do too. I think it's a neat watch. So it's a Monaco format. Uh, the pictures show it illuminated and it looks like it's another black and teal watch. It is not. <laughs> it's it's actually mostly, yeah, it's black and gray. And then it, it illuminates to a teal color when you're driving at night. But, um, yeah, it's neat. It's definitely really neat. Uh, I know that uh, there's not there's there's a joke somewhere in, in the movie Cars that he doesn't have headlights because you don't race when you race at night. The track is lit, so so you don't need headlights. So I don't know if you would need a racing chrono that lights up, but it's a neat trick either way. And you know when you're when you're driving your uh, your Porsche at night, you know you need to know what time it is. So absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, I, I love this watch. Um, I have very few issues with it. Like I mentioned to you, my my biggest qualm on this one is just I, I really need clarification as to when Tag uses a right-hand drive crown or a left-hand drive crown yes. on the Monaco. Yes. Just because the original was always left-hand drive. Like that was the way it was designed. And so for me, if you're going to make a cool, unique chrono version of the Monaco, like why wouldn't you do it in the left-hand drive version, which I know you have access to. I don't know if it's a cost-saving thing. Like maybe that movement's more expensive, or I I don't know. But either way, um, I love this watch. I think it's a very funky, cool watch. It kind of reminds you of like something like Bamford would do, but like a production version. Yeah, which which I like. Um, I love the fact that they incorporated the teal accents in the movement as well for the column wheel for the actual text on the rotor. I think that's pretty sick. It's just overall, it's a great looking package. And I love the fact that it's not teal all the time. Yes. Right. Like <laughs> it's a very wearable watch. You can certainly, you know, dress it up. And when you, it has that great party trick where it does illuminate in that teal colorway. That to me is really, really cool. I love the fact that Monaco and Tag Heuer are in Loom too, which I think is a missed opportunity for so many brands. Like why don't you do Super Luminova for your logos as well? Yeah, that is nice. It's, it's just it, all around, it's a great watch. It's black and titanium, it's 39 millimeters, it's automatic chrono. Like this is pretty sick. It is a hefty price tag at just under ten thousand dollars at you know nine five fifty. Uh, but you know, to me, I don't know, man. I'm gonna go on a limb and say this is probably one of the best tag Hoyer releases of this year, if not of the last two years. It's pretty damn sweet. And the only thing that's really gonna, like you said, sort of come up against it is as soon as you approach that price tag, you're also in like El Primero territory, like you, yeah, you start yeah. to, you have a lot of options there, which is sort of a detriment to sales. But you know, it, I get it. It's not, it's not a, a common model, and it's, it's something neat, and novel. So we'll see. But, uh, but I agree with you about the crown. I don't, I don't know what the, the rhyme or reason is there, and I'm curious. Yeah. I don't know because they, they do both. Tag fanatic <laughs> out there knows. Like you, you can you can buy Monaco's right now with left hand drive crowns, or you can buy Monaco's with right hand drive crowns. And I don't know the rationality as to why they do one or the other, because if you remember the titanium uh, Monaco that came out earlier this year, like that, it was like the racing blue version, silver dial, blue sub dials, yes, like lime green accents, a really great watch. We we loved it as well. It's thirty nine millimeters titanium, but it has a left hand drive crown. Like why? <laughs> what is the difference here? I don't understand. You know, like I make up your mind, I guess, or is it maybe just to keep us guessing? I I don't know. 
Yeah, I'm not exactly sure, but I'm with you. I'm with you on that. So I'm just kind of like, okay, all right. All right. What, 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 okay, so okay, so maybe this is maybe it's a movement thing. Because uh, okay. So the the one I'm looking at here is a caliber eleven. So it looks like it's a modified movement of some sort. It's not like a like an in-house movement per se. And that's gonna have the left hand drive crown. And then the other one, you'll notice too on the on on that version, it only has a traditional two subdials. Yeah. The night driver actually has three, but they don't really accentuate the bottom subdial, which is the running second subdial. Yeah. And that one has a right hand drive crown. So it's a nicer movement. I think it's more of an in-house caliber because it's a caliber. Um, let's see, it's a caliber O2, which is their in-house chrono. So maybe that's what it is. It's just a uh, movement right, thing. But right. I don't know, man. Like, make the O2 have a left-hand drive crown. Okay, <laughs> like let's let's call it a day for old time's sake. For old time's sake, you know, go back to your roots. Yep, uh, I'm sure you've seen this one because it's an Omega. It goes right along with the sort of black and teal theme of this year. I mean, <laughs> yes. I think that's sort of just since since the IWC Patronus, it's been pretty hot and just staying hot right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's no question about that. There's a black and teal Planet Ocean. I love the way it looks. I think this color scheme looks amazing on this watch. I've said that I wanted a new Planet Ocean for some time. Uh, this is a very nice refresh for me. Yeah, I love it. I was surprised by it. Um, especially given the colorway, because again, people are going to immediately draw the conclusion of like it's the Patronus watch, which I completely understand. I, I, you know, as an Omega fanboy, I would hundred percent understand that. I would hundred percent respect it. But you know, if you think about it, if you go even further back in time, before the Patronus watch, there was the Omega Planet Ocean Casamigos, which also had this colorway. Um, I don't know if you ever saw that one. It was a it was a Mega Planet Ocean GMT in ceramic, but it was the Casamigos watch. It's and not it had, in. Uh, it's not in in cahoots with the tequila brand, is it? It was. Oh, was <laughs> it? was. Yeah. Oh, because Clooney, right? Is that why? Clooney, okay. Yeah. It was, so Clooney and and Randy Gerber, who is subsequently Cindy Crawford's wife, who's also an ambassador. Um, they made the Casamigos brand, and to celebrate, they they basically asked omega to make them a timepiece collection of i think it was like 80 watches but it was a black all ceramic oh, thing it was sick this is actually sweet as hell they should have made this like they did spread. but they only made it like 80 pieces yeah that was a mistake and they sold out almost immediately you could not get them anywhere i think there was only like i don't know 10 or 15 available to, to actually purchase but when you got it it came with a bottle of the Casamigos Mezcal, like in the box. Oh, sick. It was gangster. So this watch came out well before the Patronus watch did, but it was the first execution of kind of like this turquoisey black color scheme that we saw from Omega. And so this is kind of returned to that. It's almost like a spiritual revival, in my opinion, of the Casamigos, because it's still a planet ocean, still black ceramic. Obviously, you have more teal and uh, turquoisey accents here, which, you know, again, it's 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 playing into the ETNZ logo because they just recently changed their their corporate logo for their racing team to now include turquoise. So I understand where the colorway comes from. It's another racing thing, but all in all, it's a cool watch. Um, I don't think it's obviously for the faint of wrist, but this watch looks amazing. From what I understand from the people that have heard some of this information from uh, like Omega trainers and salespeople, it's supposed to come with, I think, four straps. 
So you have like That's the neat. black black rubber strap with the uh, the turquoise accents. There's an all turquoise rubber strap, which also looks sick. And then there's like apparently two NATO straps too. So it's going to have quite uh, quite the customization that you can that you can wear the watch with. It looks amazing in in the product rendering photos and in the live shots as well. So I'm I'm excited to see this when it hits the stores. I can't imagine we're going to get uh too far out before seeing this like i think it's gonna be pretty quick yeah bro i need this uh i need this casamigos watch <laughs> dude isn't it sick this was yeah this this should have been a bigger production it's it's kind of it's kind of like uh it's it's totally a, it's totally a grail for sure Damn. totally a grail watch and like almost nobody knows that it existed yeah no i had no idea it was such an oh, under the tight. radar launch that's tight. Wow. Okay. I learned yeah. something today. <laughs> Casamigos. Casamigos. Yeah, like, is it kind of like the liquor? I'm like, yes. Yes, that one. Well, was <laughs> 100% like the liquor. And then I, I put it together because for those that don't know, George Clooney is on the bottle of Casamigos. His, his yeah. name is on it, signed on it. As you know, he's also an Omega ambassador. Yeah. He's always, yeah, yeah. Got, he's always in all the Speedmaster ads. So two and two together, some quick math. Yeah, and and actually now they don't even own the they don't even own the company anymore. I think they both sold it, but um, I think they have like a like a minor share in in the company still. But yeah, it's it's cool, and it and it had like it, the box was so sick. If you ever Google, like get a chance, Google the Casamigos box because it's uh, very funky, very funky design on the box. Yep. It's a glass lid with like an etching in it to match the like. It almost looks like when you when you chop like the agave plant like those like kind of ovular shapes it makes from the petals or whatever. Yeah, it was like etched like that on the top, and then it had like a travel case for the watch to to sit in, and then it had like a little cutout for the bottle of mezcal to sit in. Wow. It was so cool. It was a a very interesting Omega launch for sure. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, we can move on to what everybody wants us to talk about today. And that is the new Tudor FXD. Ugh. Do we have to? Yeah, I think we have to. Um, but we'll, we'll 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 roll it into something uh, as I mean I I sort of jested that this was a uh, you know a novel color change on their part, mostly joking that like you know it's it's a lot like the one we have, just same but different. I I just I, I can't. I don't have the emotional strength. <laughs> now, I know the the blue one is supposed to be sort of representative of their French Navy roots. This one, I believe, is supposed to be U.S. Yeah, it's U.S. Navy. U.S. Navy roots, sort yeah. of a mill sub homage-ish type that's, thing. That's, that's what they're trying to lean into for the marketing purposes. I mean, look, the only ever watch that was issued to the Navy was a, a Tudor Submariner. And subsequently, at one point, you know, Rolex Submariners as well. That's it. There was no FXDs. There was none of this Pelagos nonsense. Apparently, secretly, there's been a, a a Navy SEAL unit, SEAL Team 6 unit, that's been testing these in the field for the last year. Who knows? Watches of Espionage covered that. Again, I don't know if it's true. I haven't been able to do my own independent research to find that or, or conclude that that is factual. I'm not saying he's lying, but... At the end of the day, like I can't find anything that says to the to the contrary. 
um, or says anything that backs it up. So he obviously has maybe some more internal sources that you know would make sense. He's a former CIA guy. But regardless, this is a very uninspired, boring release for me. I get it. It makes 100% sense. Is it a good-looking watch? Absolutely. But every single time they launch a new Pelagos that is not a 500-meter diver, does not have a bracelet, does not have the amazing clasp that it did, I don't care. Okay? This 39-millimeter nonsense, you know, fixed lugs, I, I, I don't care. It is so uninspiring to me. It's a great-looking watch. There's no question about it. It's just, to me, it's boring. And then, on top of that, you're not even going to put your Metos movements inside? I, I don't get it. And they're like, oh, yeah, but now it has a unidirectional bezel. I'm like, mm, okay. okay. Awesome. Cool, because the Marine Nationale didn't have one. The the Alinghi Red Bull Racing version didn't have one. Okay, great. So now we have a unidirectional bezel. It's a traditional diver's bezel now. Okay, great. Again, why? <laughs> I mean, like, I, I cannot be the only person that is like bored by this watch. And they're leaning so hard into this, this Navy thing. And it's like, Navy didn't wear this watch. Why not release a Tudor Submariner? And then I'll be excited. And that's the thing is like the way that they were teasing it was going to be like this amazing revolutionary launch. And it's not. But again, that's par for the course for, for a brand like Tudor because their parent company is Rolex. They're going to tease everything and get you so hyped up and then going to drop the most nothing burger of all nothing burgers and you're still going to clamor to go buy it. Yeah, well, they checked a lot of the boxes here. You got red text. You got quote-unquote military uh, her heritage, whatever you want to call that. Um, yeah, sure. Shout out to our buddy Matt McDee who went out and picked one of these up right away. I know, I know, Matt. I'm not <laughs> trying to I'm not trying to hate on your watch. I know you like it. It look at the end of the day, like I said, it's a good looking watch. It's just for me, it's a very uninspired watch. Does it look great in a collection? Yes. But do you know how many black dial divers I have in my collection right now, bro? Too many to count. Well, I think I what it is I don't need I, another one. I think for a lot of people, this is as close to a submariner as you're gonna get nowadays. But that's 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 a whole separate problem. No, a hundred percent. But I think a lot of people are willing to settle on that. Is sort of where I'm. And see, that's already it. the problem. That's already the problem. Willing to settle. But I agree with you. I agree with you. You know, I mean, you know where I stand. I mean, I I I just want I just want a a more wearable version of the Apex Predator, and then we'll just call it a day. The Alpha Dog Pelagos, but. I don't. I don't see that ever coming again because it it would be too high of a a mark. At that point, all the rest of them would seem like they didn't make sense because you, you just but kept they, kept but not argue, giving it to us. But arguably, they don't make sense. That's the problem I have with this watch. Is arguably it does not make sense. I understand the the FXD aspect of it. Okay, cool. It was fine on the Marine Nationale. But then we got it on the Alinghi version, and now we got it on this version. Like, give us a freaking bracelet. The Pelagos, arguably of all brands, had one of the most amazing commercial production bracelets ever conce conceived by man. And they killed it. And they even have, they have the new, like, sort of T-fit situation they're doing. Again, it would, it would still be an upgrade, but 
you know, if you're fixing your lugs, uh, it's kind of kind of out the window. It, it's 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 ridiculous. Whatever, I don't care. I'm done talking about it. But I am with you on the uh, the movements, which it's peculiar because they keep talking about all oh, their movement advances, movement advances, and then you only see they're them. not advancing any movements. Well, you only see them so ever so often. Like it you know, you see sense. you see brands like you know, like Zodiac who are now doing chronometers who are, you know, it, it's, and they're just throwing it, you know, putting it in their watches slowly, but steadily. But like th- that, that's a pretty steep, you know, there's a pretty big divide between those two companies. 100%. You know, if one, if, if one's doing it, the other one could certainly do it more often and should probably, especially well, the considering is, they're, mean, they're not getting any cheaper either. Yeah. I mean, all the, all of these students are chronometer graded movements. There's no question about that, but like, you already have the technology for a master chronometer. You right. are touting this gigantic factory that you built, you know, and like, right. oh, everything's in house. Shots movement. fired at Omega. Ah. Like, yeah, we're coming for Omega. I'm like, not at this rate. <laughs> not at this rate. You know, and it's then you have happening. you have like your Omegas who are putting out stuff like the the spirate movements, and you have your your Zeniths that are putting out these insane, like crazy chronographs and stuff. Like those are the people who are like pushing envelopes on movements. You know what I mean? Yeah. And while you know a uh, a black bay with a meta certification and everything is awesome, like it's sort of just here or there. Yeah, but it, it, but that's the thing is, it doesn't make sense and it's sporadic. Like we didn't get in all the other black bays. We just got in the burgundy. We got in the black bay ceramic. We didn't get it in the Ranger. We didn't get it in the FXD. We didn't get it in the in the Pelagos thirty nine. Like we didn't get it in any of these other watches. Right, and you think a Ranger would be a perfect one because it's similar enough to something like a Railmaster. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I mean, hell, you make this Pelagos, and I and I and I misspoke earlier. This is a forty two millimeter. There is the Pelagos thirty nine. Yeah, but the Pelagos thirty nine looks exactly like this watch. Am I wrong? No, but it's it's the same thing. It's sort of a nerf down exactly. alpha Pelagos. Yeah. It's like the OG Pelagos at 500 meters water resistance, titanium case and bracelet, external diving strap with extension strap, micro adjustment bracelet with ratcheting system. Best bezel and, ever. And, I just and, remember and, that. It, it was it was a it was a godsend one. It felt like a marvel of engineering when I owned it. Absolutely. And the legacy of the Pelagos, when I see it, uh, it, it, it's so much, it's so watered down on these new ones, because it's not a Pelagos; it's a two hundred meter rated dive watch. Might as well be a sixty Submariner. Yeah, and you know, and and I, I think that's, I think that's the angle they're playing, because you know, the the modern today's sub is more is more jewelry than anything. Yeah, I'm not saying I mean, it's not a capable dive watch. What I'm saying is they're not they're not making is, watches for it is worn for as a, they're a, they're making a watches for yeah <laughs> yeah they're not making watches for adventurers. They're making watches for Wall Street bros. Right, that's that's where it is. So they can show their loom at the bar. That's it. Hey, you see my magnifier? <laughs> I got a cyclops. That's how you know it's quality. These are 21 millimeter lugs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I hope you enjoy that new tutor that's coming to your house soon. I think it's going to be sick. So. And Matt McD, I do, I do honestly hope you enjoy your FXD. 
I'm not trying to throw monster shade at you, but just personally, I have no desire to own. Well, no, I just think, I think it's more just frustrations with the brand, frustrations with the directions. I mean, we've said it time and time again on here that you know they they have the ability. We know they're sort of just always going to be hampered because you don't want to yeah. you don't want to outkick your coverage with your bigger brother. But yeah, it's just frustrating. You you know that the ability is there to make like truly top tier stuff and they make very 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 high caliber stuff but you know it's it's almost like it's like the you you know when you see someone and like they actually dress decently for once you're like you clean up pretty good you should do this more often and then they just do ever again that's exactly what this is (laughs) they put out like one watch every once in a while and you're like oh this thing kills do this and then they're like Ah, no no give me i'll give you 83 percent (laughs) <laughs> exactly exactly yeah well speaking of innovation speaking of brands that do push the thing i mean that's kind of the the basis of of our topic today yeah right and that and that's sort of the issue here is that Tudor does do some stuff on the other side right we talked about their movements and what they, they that they have made those strides which is cool right we've seen that they've been able to make even a modern sort of big block which is cool that they're never going to recreate which sucks <laughs> you know, I don't we, know they might who knows there's it's such a hard rant it's such a hard brand to read right now that i really don't know i can see them saying f it and just doing it and i can also see them saying like yeah we did it for only watch that's all you'll ever see ha 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 and they'll never do anything again hmm. i don't know right so and so i don't know you know i don't know if they're gonna play the they like to play the, the different size game the different color game I'm not sure. I think people are waiting on a new North flag, maybe a North flag GMT, something like that. You know, I, I think that's what everybody's waiting for is what's your next, what's your next move as far as that goes? Because we've seen modifications on your other watches. We've seen stuff like the Royal. Okay. But like, wh- what's your next, you know, blazing salvo here? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, right now for me, there's, there's just no diversity in in their collection. It's nothing but black bay and black blade lights. Like the Pelagos, at some point, you know, abstract, uh, abstraction wise, can still be considered a black bay because it's got a friggin' snowflake hand. Yeah, you know, like give us something different. Like now, everything's frigging black bay. You're becoming AP, where everything's basically going to be a royal, royal oak, and that's all anybody's going to ever know you by. Yeah, and then you have, I mean, like you said, you have brands. I mean, look, you have Christopher Ward making chime complications right (laughs) yes and again that that watch isn't necessarily my cup of tea and uh, i'm not gonna go out and get one but like i i can appreciate it i can appreciate what you're doing i can appreciate that you're you know considered a very micro brand at one point and now look what you're doing here which is neat it's cool you know it's something absolutely it's something very neat right i mean we we talk about fair a lot i think they do a lot of neat stuff um, I, I mentioned Zodiac. I think they're trending in the right direction as far as that is concerned. You know, we've seen them use case materials like ceramic. We've seen them, like I say, turn out a chronometer movement, which is very cool. You know, g- compared to where they were even just a couple of years ago, I think they've made leaps and bounds. I think that's their goal is to keep sort of trying to push the envelope in that price range that they're, you know, sort of that under 3000 ish. Yeah, range yeah. that has sort of been vacated by everybody. <laughs> you know, you can 
even like we were talking about before the Oris is 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 four grand i mean I, that's sort of the going rate for an Oris nowadays isn't it i mean yeah yeah, yeah. we're seeing even the diver 65s move up and up so they're sort of entrenched in that little uh space with like them and like zin um you know i mentioned omega we know that they, they've sort of done the master chronometer thing almost throughout we know that they're big on anti-magnetic we know that they uh they definitely turn out some crazy stuff I, I mentioned the the new speedy racing i thought that was a neat sort of innovation i mean it's something like i said it's it, it's building on something it's not just putting out something for the sake of here's something else <laughs> yeah and i think that that's the big thing so i mean while, while you brought up omega we'll just touch on this because this is the brand that you know i'm very it's very near and dear to my heart and i know for a fact that anybody who's i've interacted to um or interacted with at some point they didn't think that they liked omega usually they come across with a different perspective and they start taking a look at the brand because it is one of the most impressive brands in the watch industry period but what i love about them is they're able to combine technology history uh, you know all of these amazing aspects of their brand's lineage and still make an innovative and exciting product and but still make it fun like they can do an etnz in turquoise and black they can do a casamigos planet ocean but then they can do a seamaster 1948 you know or a ck859 like they can marry these things together and they're still delivering it with amazing and impeccable technology that's the thing that I that I find the most. I mean, you know, they released Spyray earlier this year. To my knowledge, none of them have hit the market yet. But I mean, we didn't really talk about this at length because I don't know if I knew enough about the system at the time that we didn't really dive into it. But I mean, you think about Spyray. From what I understand now, this will allow a watchmaker to fine tune the rate of a mechanical watch by one tenth of a second increments. Okay. The range, according to Omega specifications, will be zero to two seconds a day. That will be the range, which means that you can fine-tune that watch by tenth of a second increments to run at 0.2 seconds a day, 0.3 seconds a day in 24 hours. That is more accurate than Grand Seiko Spring Drive in a mechanical timepiece, which is insane. That doesn't even make sense to me. Because nobody in the watch industry is really doing anything like that. That's nuts. And this is going to be a commercial production technology? Holy crap. What else is going to get spy rate? Yeah, we'll see about that. I mean, who's going to want a Daytona when the Daytona's like, yeah, plus or minus five seconds, I guess, maybe? Well, you can't have one anyway, so. I mean, you can't, but, but again... Even something like an El Primero, they're not giving you that type of accuracy range. They give you an ultra high frequency, which is cool, yeah. but you're not getting you know zero to two second accuracy. That's nuts. There's nobody that I can think of that that's doing that outside of maybe like a Torbion. But Omega still does that too. <laughs> so I don't know, man. Technology is is insane in the launch industry right now. So who would you who would you say would be kind of your big guys for technology? Like what would be your 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 big brand? Well, that was at? my thing, right? I look at I look at the sort of the most recent Speedmaster iteration, right? You're getting they gave you a vintage bracelet with new technology, right? Yep. They gave you the classic look with all new, you know, everybody 
said, oh, the movement, it doesn't, you know, doesn't do this, doesn't do this. Well, now it does. Now it's master chronometer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> it's just like uh, that, that's the type of thing. Like, okay, we're taking the old, we're taking the new, we're moving it forward. We're advancing it. Right. And that's exactly what I wish Tudor would do. Yeah, I agree. It's not just give me one or the other or a little Make taste it of consistent. Both. Give me everything and push it forward. Yeah. And that's what I'm looking for. So like, like I said, I think of an Omega. I think of a Zenith as far as, you know, the crazy frequency watches, their hummingbird movements and things like that that are just like sort of mind-blowing in that respect where you're just like, you, you just have to say, wow, like somebody built this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, you know, I'll see, you'll see some of the, the, the crazier stuff, your ALS, your independence, you know, your, your constant but, force turbions and stuff like that. But your, those, those for me are not super like technology and, and it, they are in the sense of like certain movements, you know, especially when you are talking about like constant force turbions and like that, but most of your along the zone of movements are just like, they're just beautifully done. Right. They're aesthetically insane. They're aesthetically right. pleasing. You know, it, it's. Some of the complications, obviously, you can have like big dates, and you can have the data graph. I I totally get that. I don't want to sound like a like a like an idiot, but my point is, for me, there's more of a focus on artisanal watchmaking practices versus high technology developments for those movements. I mean, it's, I guess based on extrapolation, it's still technology, but for me, it's more so preserving the artistry of classical and traditional watchmaking. Versus something like when you look at master chronometer or, you know, working with different types of new movement technologies to make a more robust, more practical movement for today's audience. I think that that's a difference. Right. And then you also have, there's also a big gap there between a more commercialized offering that's going to be sold in high numbers. 100%. Versus, you know, oh, we made 10. (laughs) Yeah. This is where the idea of industrialization comes in. Right. And and again, I, I hate to keep bringing up Omega, but this is something that, 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 that they've done very well. Like when you think about coaxial escapement, okay, this has been at the heart of every Omega for years and years and years. This came out in 1999. It was, you know, inspired originally by George Daniels, great master watchmaker. He worked with Omega to industrialize this technology, and Omega took his concepts and built them into production pieces that could therefore be scaled. Because when you think about Daniels, he only designed his watches were, you know, one or two of them were prototypes with coaxial escapements. You know, a couple Speedmasters, a couple Rolexes, a couple Pateks, you know, things like that. But these were one-off pieces. They weren't industrialized at the, at that time. So you're thinking about technically a concept watch, if you will. And then for a brand to take that and be like, okay, the concept works. Let's scale it to 100,000 units a year. Let's scale it to every single collection within our family line. That's the idea of industrialization. And there's not a lot of brands out there that can that can meet up with that idea of industrialization. Like even Tudor right now, like they're doing great things. But the problem that I have is like you, it's inconsistency. Like why does the new, why does every single one of these new Tudor watches not have a Metos movement inside? Are you afraid you're going to cannibalize from your Black Bay 41? To me, if I was a collector, I'd be like, hell yeah, give me all of these technologies into one. I'll buy all of them. That to me makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I I don't understand the vision and I don't understand the thinking here. It doesn't make sense to me. 
Yeah, it's tough. It's, you know, and, and I'll say it's a tough, it's a tough crowd to please because sure. the even the spectrum of of the watch enthusiasts, there's so there's such a, a broad span of people who who care about specs, tech, all the way over like purely aesthetics to yeah. sizing, comfort, and all that other stuff. That's tough, and then you also have to consider the sort of the non-watch folk who are who have sort of just been lured over yeah yeah yeah. who really don't have anything that they're looking for they're just like oh yeah cool you know this is a watch right this is a watch and oh it's accurate cool all right yeah great like i can see the movement cool (laughs) meanwhile really they're probably like wait what do you mean some watches are not accurate right they all they all just just assumes they just all run on a, a dime right well, I mean, yeah. Have you ever have you ever looked up the the the, the rate for or like the accuracy tolerances for like an AP? Yeah, but I mean, even just like <laughs> don't the, do it; the, it will shock you. The myriad of uh, forum posts of my watch stopped. What the heck? And you're like, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> it's it's automatic. It doesn't have better. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> you know. But um, I I think that's also part of it is that is that there's no there's no pleasing everybody, which is always a a tough tough waters to navigate i guess you'd say yeah i mean i i, I agree i agree but but i, I think be, but being able to produce something on massive scale deliver it and put it into you know several different packages is is always has always been impressive to me it's something that i i sort of tip tip the cap to yeah and i know you were asking about this with regards to technology like kind of like compiling a list of who are big things in big technology brands are and I'm, I'm gonna have to give it out to one brand specifically that you know in in preparing for this podcast i didn't think i was actually going to admit but i think when you think about material science and construction of watches maybe not so much on movement quality <laughs> but more so construction of watches uh i i really have to say that i think hublot is one of the most impressive technologically speaking in terms of its design and case construction of any watch brand out there that's interesting i mean i know they've done a, a lot of they've done some some pretty neat stuff recently i remember they did those uh sapphire cases i think i mean that's that's what i'm that's what i'm talking about yeah i mean they they're they're very good at, at ceramics they're very good in sapphire construction but not only that they're able to do this in colors of sapphire which requires different heat treatments, which requires different types of manufacturing processes. And then to make the entire case out of this material, and in some cases, a full bracelet as well, which is an engineering marvel in and of itself, and still make it make it aesthetically pleasing and beautiful. Because when you make something that's completely or semi-translucent, you can see it from every aspect of the watch. So you had to design it in such a way that it still remains aesthetically pleasing and beautiful to not only protect the movement and everything inside of it, but still make it look good to wear. Right. And as much as I'm not a Hublot person at all, you could give me a million of them. I would I would not really wear them. I can respect them for what they have done to innovate and industrialize this technology. To make a lime green sapphire case is probably not an easy feat of engineering. And to make a full fuchsia or purple Big Bang tourbillon on a full bracelet is insane to yeah. me. That is that's a feat. It's a feat. I mean it's it's nuts. 
So technologically speaking, there's very few brands out there that are doing something as innovative and as amazing as something like this. So I got to give credit where credit is due. Again, I'm not a big bang guy. I'm definitely not going to go buy a Nublo, but I can certainly respect how they build them because uh, their Sapphire cases are pretty sweet. Yeah, no, that's, you know, it's something to be said, especially for material science. I think that's a neat, I think that's a neat sort of boundary to push nowadays. Um, oh, we didn't actually, we actually, we didn't talk about those IWCs now that I think about it. I mean, yeah, we can mention them now. Yeah, I, mean, I, it I goes hand in hand with materials, right, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that's, that's, well, the, that carbon-ish case sort of uh, brought me yeah, back it's, to it's it. CMC, CMC is a term Christian technology. McCaffrey. Now, um, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. No, so it's a specialized ceramic matrix composite yes that's what cmc is um yeah it's it's some sort of a crazy mix of sort of it looks like forged carbon and ceramic yeah they they say instead of like a like a it's 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 made into like a ceramic matrix versus like a polymer matrix it's supposed to be tougher yeah i'm assuming it's basically creating forged carbon that's going to have somewhat more ceramic like properties because here, here's the big kicker with 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 carbon like you think of something like an rm right an rm let's say average price point for an arm is what two hundred fifty thousand dollars, right quarter of a million dollars one house <laughs> one house you know whatever it doesn't matter um you buy something like that you scratch it you dent the case how do you fix carbon you can't yeah you can't so at $250,000, let's say that's the that's the the entry door price for your RM and you scratch it, you dent it, you misshape in the case in some way. Now it's a case replacement. I don't know about you, man, but I certainly don't want to find out what the case replacement cost of a $250,000 watch is because I cannot imagine it's going to be inexpensive. But it's super lightweight. Well, yeah, but there's the trade-off, right? So something like this potentially might give you better ability to have much more wear resistancy, but we'll see. They said the same thing about BMG Tech, and I've known a lot of guys in the forums that have broken BMG Tech watches from Panerai. Wow. Look, anytime you put glass in the name, it's already not great. That's what BMG Tech is. It's, it stands for bulk metallic glass. Broken mother glass. Yeah, basically. <laughs> if you if you're ever curious, just do a Google search for BMT like BM uh, uh, G Tech watches broken. <laughs> it's like it's not it's not uh, it's not pretty. Yeah, but these are broken off full cases and stuff. It's yeah. it's nuts. But these are so these are sort of a big pilot uh, iteration, and you can either get them in uh, armor gold, it's called. Yep, yep. Or this other sort of composite crazy case, but um, but it's they're they're kind of neat. I'm I'm sure they're plenty expensive. I didn't even look at the price because God knows that they are. Uh, but they're in collab with Mercedes. Yep. Right. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I th- I mean, like I said, I think they look really good. I just I I'm not even going to look them up price wise, <laughs> especially on the armored gold. Right, and that is the big pilot AMG G sixty three. Yep, yep, yep. 
just because I remember we we had spoken about it and then we didn't get to it. But um, you know, perfect segue there. But um, but yeah, but these are the things I think about. You know, when we're when we're talking about cases like that. I mean, even um, you know, the the new doxycarbons and stuff. I think about when I think about because uh, you know those aren't again crazy priced for what they are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, and I, I know a lot of people have done sort of the carbon thing lately, but um, but you know these these are sort of the the forefronts that people are innovating on, and that's that's I guess what we have to appreciate when you know other brands are just putting out sort of ho hum stuff. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, I feel like there's probably some other people I'm leaving out, but uh, that's probably about it for me. I mean, I I, th- I think we've gone on we got on long enough about this, but <laughs> apparently I, I there's I, not a lot of technologically advanced watches out there. <laughs> no, there there definitely are, but I mean, it it depends what you're getting into. I mean, like I said, we we talk about the sort of the crazy engineering of things. We talked about you know materials. We talked about whether it's movements or aesthetics. You know, then you have sort of the really crazy stuff, like you know your, your Grand Seiko Kodos and stuff. It's a tourbillon that's meant to be worn every day. Like, yeah, that's crazy, but like again, it's sort of out of the realm of real realistic possibilities. Like, you know, it's gonna run you however many thousand, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, yeah, for sure. You know, for for most of us, those watches may might as well not even exist because at best <laughs> you'll be able to. Well, you'll be at best you'll be able to hold one. You know. Yeah, 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 for sure. So and I heard and I heard even still like those Grand Seiko tourbillons like the accuracy range is pretty high, something like plus fifteen seconds or something like that. Somebody was telling me about this, and I forget where it was, and I didn't I didn't look it up, so don't hold me to it. But somebody was telling me that, and I was like, Man, that's kind of that's kind of high for a tourbillon. You think it'd be probably the most accurate? Yeah, and I and again I, I sort of just tune out after a while because it's just so unrealistic and something that I'm <laughs> it, it, yeah it's like it doesn't even matter. I like to focus on things I could maybe one day own. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and and it's it also matter. I think price point matters. Like I said, I think I think you have some people doing neat things at every price point. You know, like I mentioned, Christopher Ward is is doing some wild stuff for what they're setting out to do. You know, and, and you're always going to find micro brands because they that's sort of their thing. They're they're sort of offering the bang for buck. They're always going to try to offer a little something extra, which is nice. But they're also the proving ground. Yeah, they're the proving ground, and the, and and essentially, in, in many ways, as much as the big brands maybe don't want to admit, they are the proof of concept. You know, they they can do a little bit more exploratory things. They can do a little bit more fun things because they have the flexibility, and the freedom, and the independence to do it. And so they can do it. I mean, that's why SeaWard is giving us a chime watch. Now, granted, it's not like a minute repeater chimer, but every hour it chimes ding and lets you know, like a grandfather clock, that the hour has passed. I think that's pretty freaking cool. It's a tie into to classical watchmaking. Why the hell not? Uh, hold on. I, I know earlier in the show I was talking about um, collabs that will never happen. Uh, let me try to hold this up real quick. Bro, the, what does this look like? I know you, you can't really see the picture. Is that an RM? It, dude, this is an Invicta. Oh, God. Bro, Invicta is making watches that look like RMs. I am dead. This just came up on my feed under, like, sponsored post. I am dying right now. Invicta men's 435.15. JM Correa automatic three-hand transparent. Light blue dial, dude. I am dead. This is an Invicta Richard Mille. 
<laughs> I mean, it's only a matter of time. I mean, it it really is. Uh, I mean, Invict- Invictus. Kind of I like was a- wrong. The one, the one collab that could happen. <laughs> Look, man, <laughs> Invictus kind of like the spirit Halloween of stores. You know what I mean? Like they just gonna <laughs> they'll steal- pop up eventually. <laughs> they'll pop up everywhere. everywhere. They'll steal your designs. It's fine. Like they don't care. <laughs> They're gonna steal your retail space. It's it's fine. It's gonna be a thing. That is hilarious. Yeah, actually, probably one of the funnier memes I saw in a long time. Like. Because like the Yankees are kind of bad, and it's like the first time in a long time somebody put up like a uh, coming this October, and it was Spirit Halloween on Yankee Stadium. I was like, "Damn, that <laughs> that's cold." Always that joke every year, and it's so good. Uh. <laughs> Anyways, I, I think that puts the the needle the needle the uh, I'm sorry feather in the cap for me. This Invicta, <laughs> like, or or his partners with New York Yankees. <laughs> All of a sudden, they start playing like crap. Or stay away from the Cubs. Yeah. So this watch is $219 on Amazon, in case you were wondering. Look, money comes and goes, but drip is forever. Drip is forever. That's right. That is... Wow, there's a lot of Richard Meal knockoffs on here. But anyway, uh, I'll, I'll leave you to that to go down this rabbit hole, clearly, as I am now. So uh, enjoy that. And uh, we will catch you next week on episode 99 of Reese. 99. I love it. We're here episodes, for it. But a bitch ain't one. There we go. Peace. Here we go. All right, take care, guys. <laughs> Bye.